Father, this morning we come to you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. The name above every other name, Lord. The only way, Lord, any man, woman, child can come to you. The living way. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you for today, another day for us. In the land of the living, Father. Thank you, Lord. Father, this morning, for us morning here, I commit the church into thy hands. Especially, Lord, I commit Khalifa's loved ones and his church, Lord. The God of all comfort, the God of all peace would comfort them, Lord. It is not easy, Lord, to lose a loved one who was old, but to lose a loved one who was young. We are grieving along with them. Comfort the church. They have lost their pastor. But we have the comfort of scriptures that all those who have martyred for your name's sake will rise up to reign with you. We have the comfort of your scripture that to be absent in the body is to be present with you. Be with them, Lord. All our churches, all our people, his was one face I knew. He was young, but he was brave. Comfort them. The one who has taken his place, comfort him, strengthen him, Lord. Give him the strength, the power that comes from above. That he too will stand before your people and shepherd them as David shepherded his people with the integrity of his hands. Be with all your servants everywhere, especially who are there on the battlefront. Cover them, protect them, provide for them. Let them know what you told Abraham is true for all of us. You are our shield and our exceedingly great reward. Now as we look into your word, continue to speak to us and let your word continue to strengthen us, O Lord. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Strength of scriptures. It's been a bad night for me. So I was the one who told him to go. Last Friday we saw Revelation 1-7. And today we look at Revelation 1-8. We saw him coming in the clouds. Yeah, it's not coming on the screen. Okay. We'll have revelation. That's why I said it's not there. It's not there. Okay. Yeah, it's it's flickering. Came and went. It's not coming here too. Okay. The 
power. Yeah, it's coming, no? We looked yesterday also at uh, Romans 15, 4, right? And then we'll go to Revelation 1, 7 and 8. Whatever things were written before were written for our learning, that we through the patience and the other word written there, comfort. Okay. There are times like we often go through, only scriptures can comfort. Because scriptures is the word of God. And Jesus said scripture cannot be broken. The, the comfort of scriptures. And we saw from Revelation, God says, the final revelation of God. It is the revelation God gave. It's a revelation of God. It is a revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave. Because in Jesus, remember, the fullness of God was there. So when you, when God reveals Jesus, we humans, we humans, not the angels, okay? Angels are a different creation altogether. We humans, because Christ became man, God became man. We understand God honestly. Until we are transported to the next realm, we will understand God only as we understand Jesus. So the revelation of Jesus Christ is the revelation of God. And also verse 3, blessed is he who reads, who hears the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written. And last Friday we looked at verse 7, which talks about behold his coming. The one who is coming. It's the revelation of the one who is coming. And we saw the arguments about rapture and the second coming. And we tried to postulate with scripture. These are both are not the same. But we will not get into arguments. Okay, there are, if you get into eschatology, there are so many views and there are so many arguments. Okay, so don't get into fights. Don't get into fights. Uh, keep your fellowship with believers who hold on to different views. Continue your fellowship. Don't get into arguments over eschatology. The purpose of eschatology, don't forget, is so that we are prepared for judgment that is after death or at his coming. That is the purpose. See, fights take place because we forget purpose. Okay, Even in a marriage, if you don't know purpose, you will keep fighting. What is the purpose of marriage? They shall be one. You shall leave and cleave and you shall be one. That's the purpose. If you understand the purpose, then the fightings will cease. Arguments. Because, you see, if you understand the purpose. Okay. The purpose is we should become one. But if you forget the purpose, you fight and become two. And remain two. But if you understand purpose, so eschatology, the whole purpose behind prophecy, eschatology, is to prepare us for that event that will take place for all of us personally. We will all die if he tarries to come. Or if he comes, we will all anyway, whether you die or he takes us, we will all stand before him and give and account. We will be judged. Okay? That's the purpose of this. So why I'm telling you is because fellowships have been broken between True believers over eschatology. And, no, and they refuse to talk to one another. 
Okay, so we don't go into that. Okay, but now today, uh, we will go to word said. Why we are going? It's this is, this is the comfort of scriptures, the power of scriptures. Again, like verse eight is a very powerful scripture. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. Okay? Very powerful verse. Very powerful words. We will see this coming again and again in scripture. Until you can smile, okay? When you look very serious, it looks like I am teaching calculus, okay? I'm teaching scripture, okay? Only when Pastor Vijay, only Pastor Vijay teaches calculus, you'll be able to smile because he can make you understand. I'll confuse you, okay? Who, now first we will look at who is speaking. Says the Lord, the Almighty. Okay, who's speaking? The Lord, who is the Almighty. And remember, there's a controversy over this one word called Almighty. Who is it? Is it God the Father or God the Son? And the issue is the word Almighty. If you go to Revelation chapter 4, verse 8, remember, we're continuing from uh, where, not we're not continuing, in, in theory, in, in principle, Genesis 1, 1 to Revelation 22 is a revelation of God through the Lord Jesus Christ. So every message, the thread that connects every message preached from, should be from every pulpit is Jesus Christ, the revelation of God. Okay. The four living creatures, each having six wings, were full of eyes around and within and do not rest day and night saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was, who is, and is to come. Okay, who was, and is, and is to come. So, who are they talking about? It's the Father. Okay, they're talking context-wise, they're talking about the Father. If you go to Revelation 11, and we read from 15 to 17, so we get the context clear. Okay, context clear. The seventh angel sounded. This is the end, okay? There were loud voices in heaven saying, The kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and it shall reign forever and ever. That's when the millennium begins. And the 24 elders who sat before God on their thrones fell on their faces, okay? Two things are happening. On earth, Jesus has come. His beginning, the war is over. His beginning, the millennial reign. In heaven, something else is happening. So Jesus is not in heaven. He's on earth. The 24 elders fall before God and on their thrones fell on their faces and worshipped God and saying, we give you thanks, O Lord God. So it is talking about the Father. You go to 15 and verse 3. Revelation 15 and verse 3. They sing the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of Lamb, that is Jesus Christ, saying, Great and marvelous are your works, Lord God Almighty, just and true are your ways, O King of the saints. What are they talking about? The Father. 16.17. I heard another from the altar saying, Even so, Lord God Almighty, true and righteous are your judgments. Who are they talking about? The Father. 16.14 16.14 
For they are the spirits of demons performing signs which go out to the kings of the earth and of the whole world to gather them to the battle of the great day of God Almighty. Now you need to understand, if you look in the old covenant and the new covenant, the one who comes to battle is Jesus. The one who executes the battle is Jesus. But the battle is the Lord's, God the Almighty. He is called in the Old Covenant. One of his, Jesus has around 32 or more names in the Old Covenant. I'm not very sure. One of the names is uh, Jehovah Shabbat, the captain of the host. So he's in type. He's the prince. Okay, like when Rome was uh, conquered by Caesar. It was Caesar was in Rome. He did not come. So Jerusalem was conquered by Caesar. Caesar never left Rome. He was in, in Rome. But the one who did was his son called Prince Titus. Okay, so in the same manner, it is Jesus who will fight. He's the captain of the host. But it is the great day of God Almighty. Now, if you come to 19.5, you will see that same picture over there. Jesus is down on earth. And voice comes, uh, 15, 15, 15, Out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, that with it he should strike the nations, and he himself will rule them with a rod of iron. He himself treads the winepress of the fearness and the wrath of Almighty God. Whose wrath is he executing? His father's. Almighty God. And then in the last uh, 21, 22, chapter 21, 22, the last reference there. I saw no temple in it. Now it's, it's much more clearer. For Lord God Almighty and Lamb are its temple. So if you look in the Old Covenant or the New Covenant, if you go to Second Corinthians, the only other place where this term. See, I am speaking from English. I don't know how to read Greek or Hebrew. So where it has been translated from Greek or Hebrew has Almighty. That are the only references I am able to give you. Okay, If you go to 2 Corinthians 6.18, come out from among the unbelievers. Do not be yoked with unbelievers. That one. No, there he says, I shall be a father to you. Now this is God speaking. This is God the Father speaking. And you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Okay, The first time this word is used is in Genesis 17 and verse 1 when God appears to Abraham when he's 99 years old after Ishmael. Okay, he comes and tells him. Abraham was 99 years old. The Lord appeared to Abraham and said to him, I am Almighty God. Walk before me and be blameless. Okay. In Ezekiel, you have one of the most detailed visions in the Old Covenant of heaven and the throne room of God, especially Ezekiel 1 and all, because it's all in the spirit. I mean, it's very detailed. I mean, we cannot understand it because of our finite nature of human understanding. But if you go to Ezekiel chapter 24, again, it's talking about the Father. Okay. Uh, 124, Ezekiel 124, sorry, 124. Now this is talking that four creatures and that that chariot. Okay, so we don't understand wheel within the wheel and how they move in very funny ways. Our automation does not work like that. We cannot understand. You cannot make a vehicle like that vehicle because it will not function the way we are used to. They went and heard the noise of their wings like the noise of many waters, like the voice of the Almighty. Okay, so that's another place. So, when the weather is connected with the day of the Lord, the wrath of the Lord, you will see it is connected with the Almighty God. Okay, And Jesus is 
one of the names he's got is Captain of the... Now you go to Jesus' prophecy about Jesus in Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6. 9 verse 6. Unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, the government will be upon his shoulders, his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, not Almighty God. It's a difference between mighty and almighty. Now, it doesn't mean they are not equal in power. It's a voluntary submission to the Father as almighty. You are all in all. You make the final decision. Okay, It's a voluntary. And we know in Corinthians uh, chapter 11 and verse 3, it's a voluntary. They are equal. They are equal. But equality does not mean they don't submit. So the Son and the Spirit submits to the Father. And this is the way it is put across. Uh, I want you to know the head of every man is Christ. The head of woman is man. And the head of Christ is God. So Jesus is called mighty God. Mighty God, okay? Mighty God. Like you, 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 you see. But God is called Almighty God. Why? In difference. In the Trinity, though they are equal. Philippians 2, Paul talks about how though Jesus is equal to God, he did not hold on to equality in submission. This is voluntarily they have done it. Okay, So we need to understand when the Bible uses that, because you need to realize there are other movements within the church called oneness movement and all. They refuse to accept that Jesus is equal. And they refuse to accept the Trinity, that the Holy Spirit is a separate entity, okay, person. And it comes from this controversy over this word called Almighty. And their argument is that only one can be Almighty, two cannot be Almighty. If there are two who are Almighty, then how can they be Almighty? It's a logical argument, okay, by definition, okay. But they are, but they differ, not I, E. Okay, D, not D-I-F-F-E-R, D-E-F-F-E-R-E-N-C, difference. Okay, not difference. They are not different. They are same in essence, in nature, in character, in power, in everything. There will be no discord in them. They are exactly the same. Young people go today and check the difference between the morning, between difference and difference. Okay, so they differ. Okay, voluntarily, voluntary. And this is exactly what God is bringing, he's bringing into the family. In a family, let's take three people in a family. The father, the mother, the child, the husband, the wife, the child. No, a child, a father maybe, let us say, 40 years old or 45 years old. Mother is 44 years old. Son is 23 years old, working on his own. At that level, they're all equal. But it says, differ voluntarily, voluntarily differ to the headship. It is not a question of equality. It's a question of difference. The husband is the head of the woman. That does not mean a 23-year-old or 24-year-old boy, a man who is working, is not equal to the father. He doesn't need the father at all, but says voluntarily submit. So Jesus has shown us the way. He is the picture model for us as Almighty God. Or He has shown the way by becoming mighty and taking the title Almighty. Of No, I won't be Almighty. I won't make the final decision. I will defer it to the Father. 
the Holy Spirit also being Almighty God says, we will defer it to the Father. I will pray only according to the will of the Father. So the Son and the Holy Spirit are differing to the will of the Father and the will of the Father is ultimately final. Okay, and that is the picture God wants in a human home, a believe, not a human, a believing home, okay? That you understand the concept, you are all equal, we are all equal in so many different ways. We may differ in other ways because of gender differences, but we may are uh, equal in other respects, but differ to the headship. Differ to the headship. God is talking about that picture, okay? So that's where it, so it's a voluntary submission, okay? So that should Settle that question about that question about. So who is speaking? Who is speaking? The Father is speaking, says the Lord Almighty, says the Lord Almighty. Okay. So when the Son speaks, it is the Father speaking through the Son because the Son will not speak anything that he has not heard from the Father. That is what submission is talking about. Jesus submits so. Now we cannot submit that way to man because man is not God. Okay, so submission is always asked in the Lord. Okay, in the Lord for safety. In the Lord is our safety because if a woman were to submit to a man, an ungodly man, a man who doesn't uh, submit to God and tells her to do all kinds of crazy stuff, then she will be in trouble. And you cannot have the excuse by saying, but it is written, submit, but it said, unto the, in all things, as unto the Lord. Because of protection is given over there. When it comes to God, we don't have to worry because of the nature of God. And again, like I said, when the Holy Spirit does, he does it only according to the will of God. So Jesus comes there and in the book of Acts, he says he taught them through the Spirit. So that continues. Okay, now we go back to Revelation 1, Revelation 1, 8 and go to the first part of the, I am the Alpha and the Omega. Okay, now today we should say I am the A and the Z. Okay, in most uh, languages, uh, the first letter is with the A, uh, in Syriac or Aramic it is Aleph. I know little because I did it as a second language, not to study, but to pass. We all did and we easily forget like you people take French and all, Sanskrit and all, as if you want to be a Sanskrit pundit. <laughs> all nonsense. Okay. I also did the same thing with uh, Syriac and it is Aleph. Okay, So, Alpha and Omega. Okay, now he's using alphabets. He's not using numbers. The problem with numbers is how do we use numbers? It has to be zero to nine. Because the problem with numbers is numbers doesn't have an end. It's an infinity. Infinity. Now, you can use numbers with God because God is infinite. But he cannot talk about that to man because we have a beginning and an end. So it is not talking about him. It is talking about him in relation to us. This is not, this is not about God. God has no beginning or an end. Okay, God has no beginning or an end. So the first thing you have to understand there is, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. Now go to 1 Corinthians 1, 21. 1, 21. 1 Corinthians. For since in the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom did not know God. It pleased God 
that through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. There's something here. There are two things used over there which is called wisdom. Wisdom and knowledge. The difference between wisdom and knowledge is wisdom is the application of knowledge. You have a whole set of knowledge and wisdom is the application of. So there are two wisdom. There's a wisdom of God and a wisdom the other wisdom of the world. Now, any wisdom, all wisdom is encapsulated. Encapsulated. That's a capsule, no? You put it into it and you shut it. The medicine is inside, so you have the English word. I'm teaching English also here, okay? Encapsulated, okay? Because kids are sitting here. I love little children. They are listening with big ears. They will take all that things down. If you ask two Sundays back, Pastor Vijay preached, you ask any child, what do you remember? Everybody remembers the lizard. Everybody is talking about the lizard. Okay. That's how it grabs your attention. Illustrations. Okay, but don't forget the message behind the lizard. Okay. <laughs> there was a message behind the lizard. In the way, okay, you need to realize all knowledge you and I have, all knowledge you and I have is encapsulated between A and Z. Yeah? You have no language, you have no knowledge cannot understand. You cannot understand. Okay? A to C. I am the Alpha and the Omega. That's what I mean. I mean, that's, that, that's how we learn. That's why a child, when it comes, a child that is born. That's why we do not remember anything of our childhood. You go back when you're six months old. You don't remember anything. One year old, two years. You can't remember. The reason is there was no language. There was no language. There was no language. So when he's talking about A to Z, I am Alpha and Omega, he's saying, I am the sum total of your understanding. But the problem is the wisdom of the world, what you go to college, school, to study, is about what God has created. What he has created, and basically trying to use language to find the laws in which it was created. You need to understand that's basically what you are studying. When you are going to study math, what are the laws by which these numbers function in different components? That's math. Physics, what are the physical laws? So you are using language to understand one part of creation, chemistry, biology, everything. And the whole thing about man is to find, use language to find Eternity, how to live forever without God. That is what man is aiming at because he knows it doesn't matter what you do. There is a finality called death. How can we handle this? That is the entire thing. One set of people are hell bound trying to see they are not hell bound. Okay, but they are hell bound. So we need to understand when God says, I am the A and the Z, that's the sum total of our understanding. But what did man do? Man in his wisdom is going after creation and he will end up as a fool because God is the sum total of understanding, wisdom. If you try to understand the creator, you will understand creation. But if you understand creation without the creator, you will ultimately become an atheist and a fool. Because the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. Okay, This is the danger. This is the danger. And the whole world educational system is now in that format. Take God out of it. But that is foolishness. 
Because God says, even if you got a PhD in life sciences, whatever sciences, you are a fool. Because you haven't understood the creator. You haven't understood the creator. And if you understand the creator, because you see, you understand a law. You understand the law like uh, the greatest discovery of man, the first greatest discovery of man was the wheel. And we do understand the wheel changed everything. The wheel changed everything. Then we had this steam engine, the diesel electric, all these things came in. All these things function according to a law, a physical law. So what we are trying to do with A to Z is to understand these physical laws and find laws that can supersede it or obey these laws and make things function. But when the creator comes, he suspends those laws. How do you multiply five laws? There are no laws that can multiply five laws. Until you smile. Okay. How do you change water into wine? Do you know the foolishness? Do you know the foolishness of going after creation without the creator? Because the creator can come and suspend. He himself is above these laws. He is not bound by these laws. If he is bound by the laws, he is not almighty. Are you getting the picture? I get Am I making it simple? Because you see, this I had meant to say at the end. The reason is this. You have to cross a river. And it's a gorge, okay? High mountain, down gorge. And there is this uh, river flowing distance, very deep. Rocks and flash flood. Three bridges across this river. Across this gorge, okay? One is of glass. One is of wood, one is of steel. Which will you use? Which will you use? Joanne, which will you use? Steel. See, even the youngest to the oldest is speaking steel. Why? See, the your faith will be only as strong as the object of your faith. Are you getting it? Okay. So the object of your faith, you have an understanding. Glass. Wood, steel. Though that glass may be stronger than that wood, but because it's transparent, you are very scared. Honestly, glass, there are glasses which are stronger than wood. Okay? Bulletproof glasses, very strong. There are glass bridges. People can cross a gorgeous in China. But when they get on it, you have to see the way they cross. Nobody is able to walk. They get on their knees and crawl. Why? They can see through. Okay, So this strength of your faith is always proportional to the object of your faith. So Jesus says, have faith in God. And people have faith in God, but have very weak faith in God, simply because they do not know their God. There is two things about knowing God. One is the knowledge about God. And the Bible is entirely about the knowledge about God. And then two, there is experiential knowledge of God. Okay? Now, I will tell you, both works. Now, there is a children sitting here. Let us imagine this child, let us say, not child, Anjali, older kid, finished school. No? She's gone to school. She studied science. She has loved studied all it. She understands the nature of steel, wood and glass. 
But she's going to cross this bridge for the first time. She has never crossed a bridge in her life. But she has the knowledge about glass, wood and steel. Though she has never crossed a bridge, she has the knowledge about it. So she also chooses steel. Okay. That is why Peter will say in his final words, grow in what? In grace and in the knowledge of God. Because you cannot grow in grace because if you do not have the knowledge of God. Okay. That's where you study. The more, see we are not doing our daily devotions and all are all meaningless if it does not lead to a proportional increase in faith in our God. So Revelation is the final book and the one probably the most powerful book in the Bible. Because it's a revelation of who God is through Jesus Christ. And verse 8 says, what does it say? I am the Alpha and the Omega. I am the, as far as you are concerned, what am I? I am your beginning and the end. I am the sum total of your understanding. Okay? So you will see, take two people. Two people. You take a man, Who's got a PhD from Harvard and Stanford and all the high bro blue light, blue Ivy League academies and all that. He's got all this. And there is an illiterate man who never went to school. But he has strong faith because faith comes from hearing, hearing from the word of God. He keeps hearing. He has enormous genuine faith. This man has no faith at all. When death comes, who is the fool? Because there is an end. Who is the fool? This fellow is the fool. He's a total fool. Well, this man, oh, he, the people look at him all through his life. People say, you fool, you fool, you fool, you fool, you fool. And they say, wise man, wise man, wise man, wise man. He gets so many scarves and silks, you know, silk scarves and medals and honor and glory and all and dies and goes to hell. Because he was a fool. Because he did not know God. This man, nobody commended him, called him all kinds of names. But when he dies, like Lazarus, angels take him to the bosom of God. Because there is an end. So Christ comes and says, I am the Alpha and the Omega. I am the Alpha and the Omega. One, in terms of understanding, you can have all the PhD. Today we use PhD, right? PhDs in the world, if you want to put it. Put this picture, okay? Picture. Go to Acts chapter 7 and verse 22. Acts chapter 7 and verse 22. Who is this? This is Moses. At that time, he's an extremely learned man. What is he learned? He is learned as what? Egyptian. Okay? He was learned in all the wisdom of Egyptians. Now you come to Hebrews 11 and verse 24, if I am right. 11 and verse 24. By faith, when he became of age. So this is a man. This is not when he is 15 or 16 or something. This is probably when he was around 40 years old. He has a revelation. What is this revelation? It's a revelation of God. Now he is trained in all the wisdom of God. Wisdom of, oh sorry, wisdom of Egypt. And at 40 he has a revelation of who God is. And he makes his decision. He makes a decision. I will be a fool in this world for Christ Jesus sake. He puts aside all the wisdom of the Egyptian for the knowledge of God. 
Are you getting the picture? When God is talking about, I am the Alpha and the Omega, okay? And then he says, he's some total of our understanding. And the second thing, he says, I am the beginning and the end, okay? Now, when there is a beginning, if you go to Genesis 1-1, this is all three are involved, okay? In the beginning, God, that is Elohim. It's plural, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit together. You read the various Psalms and Job, and you see how they created it all together, because they are always one. There's no division on, oh, you are creating, you didn't give me the first choice, so I'm going to sulk, you do it by yourself. There is nothing like that in the Trinity, okay? In the beginning, in the beginning means God was there before the beginning. Beginning is the beginning of creation. Okay? Beginning of creation, not the beginning of God. Okay, so if you come to John chapter 1 and verses 1 to 3, in the in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, so he also has no beginning. All things were made through him, without him, nothing was made that was made. So when Jesus is or God is talking about I'm the Alpha and the Omega, it is talking and the beginning and the end. They are not talking about beginning. He says creation began in us. We created. If you go to Colossians chapter 1, 15 to 17 and then Hebrews 1 and 2. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation, for by him all things were created. Now we get confused. If he is the firstborn of all creation, then how can by him all things be created? The thing is that not that he was created in the beginning, but he is the one who became flesh. He is the one who took our human form and came into time. Okay, by him all things were created that are in heaven, that are on earth, because he is the firstborn of creation. Okay, that's my issue. Okay, please understand. Visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or power, all things were created through him and for him, and he's before all things, and in him all things consist. Again, reiterating this in Hebrews chapter one, verse one and two. Yeah. God, who at various times in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made all the world. So, when it's talking about, I am the beginning, God is saying, I am the beginning of creation. Not that he has a beginning. Okay? He is the beginning of creation. If you go to Ezekiel chapter 28 and verse 15, this is talking about the devil, Satan, the God of this world. You were perfect in your ways from the day you were. So all these false gods which people worship, they are real. They are not unreal. Nobody will worship something that is not real. You see, I will tell you, if you look at the religions, okay, Angela, if you look at the religions, look at me, okay, keep your eyes on me and smile, okay, I'll put two tape also on your face, okay, okay, and uh, um, Deepika, we can always figure out her smile, you pick any picture of Deepika, every, including the one which was taken yesterday. I saw, because it was on somebody's DP, everywhere Deepika's smile is the same, like Okay, she has what standard picture. I made them waiting for a wedding. What smile she will have? Okay. <laughs> okay. But smile. It is good to smile because God is in heaven. Therefore, 
we are at rest we are okay that's why we we are we are able to smile because the more we know about god we have hope for our future okay joy about our future we have we don't worry about our future so even satan the gods of this world had a beginning they were created and satan is the head of them all the gods of the world which who deceiving mankind from the beginning till the end he keeps on deceiving you need to realize they were created by god they have a beginning our god was never created okay everything that was created including these gods had a beginning had a beginning whatever they call him satan lucifer baphomet no diabolos so many names he has no the great dragon ancient serpent he had a beginning he had a beginning god never had a beginning okay also everything that has a beginning because first it the fall in the invisible realm satan fell one third fell visible realm man was in charge of the visible realm man fell man fell okay visible visible realm man fell because satan fell and man fell all this beginning will have an end will have an end everything the old creation will have an end peter puts it across this way in second peter second hmm? peter verse 10 310 second peter 310 but the day of the lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens will pass away with great noise and the elements will melt with fervent heat both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up there is a day the whole old creation will be melted this an end to this old creation okay end to this old creation till that day you need to understand what jesus means and what i am the beginning and the end god says i am the alpha and the omega till that day you need to understand christ is ruling not the father the father is ruling through his son the son is in charge now first corinthians chapter 15 verses 24 to 28 then comes what the end so there is a day when will the end of the old creation there is a day what all that we see and not see there's an end to that then comes the end when he delivers the kingdom to god the father the only thing that is from everlasting to everlasting is the kingdom of god that's a different realm but everything visible and invisible that was created has an end he will deliver the kingdom to god the father when he puts what an end to all rule all authority and power for he must reign till he has put all enemies under his feet what is the last enemy the last enemy that will be destroyed is death okay death for he has put all things under his feet and when he says all things are put under him it is evident that he who puts all things under him is accepted okay now when all things are made subject to him then the son himself will also be subject to him who put all things under him that god may be all in all so we have a picture of the end now we go to revelation chapter 20 verse 10 and 40 is the end the devil who deceived them that is the 
the powers, okay, authority, who deceived them was cast into the lake of fire, the brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet, they were put in there a thousand years earlier. Thousand years later, the big fellow, the big honcho, Satan will go there and they will be tormented day and night forever. I will come to verse 14. Death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And verse 15 will say, anyone whose name not written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Okay? This is the end of the first creation. This is the end of the first creation. In Revelation 21, 1 and 2 is the beginning of the new creation. So I am the beginning and the end. So this is where it ends. In Revelation 21 and 2, I saw a new heaven, a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. There is no more sea. Then he sees a new city, a new Jerusalem, new city. And then you see the father coming. Because the sun has subdued everything and judgment is past. Everything that has not been able to come through the judgment is thrown into the lake of fire where they burn for forever and ever. And we have a new creation. So that word, I am Alpha and the Omega, beginning and the end is also talking about creation. About creation. Creation itself will have an end. And then when new creation begins, the son himself voluntarily will subject himself because he is showing both the angelic hosts and mankind how strength, power, peace, joy, everything comes through submission, not in rebellion. Rebellion will only bring discord and unhappiness. Submission brings peace and joy. Okay, so that's what's why the sun is showing everything. Okay, so this is what it means. I am the alpha and I am the omega and the second part. I am the beginning and the end. Now we will go back to Revelation 1.8 and then we will move from creation. Okay, now in this entire creation of God, there is a tiny little speck, might. Okay, dust Chota particle in the dust. That is you and me. Okay. So we leave the whole of creation who is big. Well, my frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret. I was made in secret. And skillfully wrought together in the lower parts of the earth. We don't understand that one word, what it is. Okay. Your eye saw my substance. Now you need to realize is that no Nobody, no human being ever has known his beginning. Even the mother who conceives, it's only after a few weeks, few weeks, she's able to realize I have conceived. Either her period stopped or she starts having nausea. Some people have no nausea symptoms at all. That is why they, when the period stopped, they realize, go for a test. Because these symptoms, some people don't have anything at all. Okay? But there is only one person you knew the exact second of your beginning. It is God. Of every man. Believer and unbeliever. So he says, I am the Alpha. I am your beginning. I was there at your beginning. Of all men. So let's live all of creation and now focus on us. What does this verse mean to me? 
What do these words mean to me? And David understands. He says, your eyes saw my substance being at unformed. And in your book, they all were written, the days fashioned for me, when, as when there was none of them. What is he talking about? All my days, A to Z, from beginning to end, you knew it all. You knew it all. He said, it's too much for me to understand. Everything of everybody sitting here, God knows. So this one words, I'm the alpha and the beginning, some total of your understanding, your beginning and your end. Your beginning and end. So, if you look at it very pictorially, if I hope my pronunciation is right, P-I-C-T-O-R-I-L, pictorially, Genesis 2-7. I was terrible with phonetics, okay? That's my problem. People think I speak well, but I don't. I still make mistakes because I was terrible with grammar and terrible with uh, phonetics. I write well. That's what I don't do. But when I start writing, it just flows. Now my wife will sit on my head over it. I've been telling you to write, write, write. Lord have mercy on me. The Lord God formed a man. of. The, I wouldn't write. So she took all my transcripts, made 15 people cut and paste and made it into daily readings. I said, I'm not writing. So she took what was written and made a book out of it. I said, I won't edit it. So she got so many people to edit it. As you said, I will do the final reading. I don't know, it's like a block in my head. Because you don't run, you don't know, when I was six years old, I wrote my first novel. And I gave it to my father, he said, it sounds like James Harley Chase. <laughs> when I was in my degree for undergraduation, I wrote my second novel. And I gave it to one of my friends here, it sounds like Louis Lamar. Okay. So after that, two comments, I refused to write. The Lord God, people, just as I to make you laugh, okay? This is the first picture of a man's beginning. Man's beginning. The Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living being. So Adam had a beginning. Like Adam. We all had. Adam's beginning was different because he was the first man. Eve's beginning was different because she was the first woman. Everybody else, the beginning is the same. But he's the beginning. He's there at the beginning. So we need to realize one thing about every human being born under the sun. We all had a beginning and he was there at the beginning. He was there at the beginning. The problem is we have an end. We have an end because Adam goofed up. He, God had said, if you eat, you will die. Because he ate, man had an end. Man started dying. That's what Hebrews 9.27 says after Adam ate. Everybody has an appointment they have to meet. It is appointed unto every man to die. What is that? The end. That is the end. So we all have a beginning and we all have an end. How long it is between beginning to end depends. In Genesis 6 and verse 3, when God got so fed up with the first world, by the time he came to 10 generations, said, my spirit shall not strive with man forever. He is indeed flesh. At this day shall be 120 years. Okay, now don't take it and run with it because people who lived after that, they lived longer than that. Abraham lived for 175 years and uh, 
uh, I suppose 158 or something. Okay, so they lived more than that. Okay, but he's saying primarily 120, and then Moses brings it down to 80. So roughly, life expectancy is now going up only because of growth of knowledge. We understand how we can extend life. But it's like putting a man in a refrigerator. He will die ultimately. Okay, vegetable will rot. So are we. Whether you like it or not, we are rotting. Every second we are rotting. So we have an appointment. Okay, so we all, man has a beginning, an alpha, and he has an omega. He has a beginning, has an end. But we have a second beginning. That's what is important. In John chapter 3 and verse 5, this is what God tells a very good, nice, religious man. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless you are born of water and spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. In verse 3, he says, you must be born. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born, Again, he cannot see the, see, in all of God's creation, which will be destroyed, there is something which will never be destroyed, which is called the kingdom of God. Understand, it is everlasting to everlasting. That was where God was before creation. We don't know what it is. One day we will say, I think all these descriptions, Ezekiel, John sees, is that, that's the kingdom of God. It is never destroyed. It's never destroyed. Okay, the heavens is talking about the creation. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So the question is, before that, where did God live? That is called the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God. It is from everlasting to everlasting. Okay, everlasting has no beginning, no end. So God says, you, Nicodemus, just putting simple languages, okay? He's telling Nicodemus, you have a beginning, you have an end. You have a beginning. You have an end because you are a child of Adam. Adam had a beginning because he disobeyed me. He has an end. Everyone has a beginning and end. But there is a kingdom that is from everlasting to everlasting. If you want to see that and enter into it, you need a new beginning. You need a new beginning. You need a? What is that? You must be born Again, and you need to realize all of us sitting here, I believe even for the small ones sitting here, I believe most of our little ones are actually saved. They don't experience salvation like us, but I do believe all of them are saved. They have received Jesus into their heart and they love him. And some of them love him better than us because there's innocence in their love, no guilt and nothing over that. That's why when they sin, they immediately come and apologize to their parents because the kingdom is working in them. We take two days to repent before God. Hmm? Hmm? forget they in two minutes repent before their parents because the kingdom is working in them okay so god is talking about you need to have another beginning in me you need to have another beginning in me okay it can be absolutely uh, mind-boggling like in acts chapter 9 verse 3 to 6 okay 9 3 to 6 okay Saul of Tarsus, as he journeyed, he came near Damascus. Suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. He fell to the ground, heard a voice saying, Saul, Saul, who are you? Why are you persecuting me? He said, who are you, Lord? Then the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the God. And he trembling and astonished said, Lord, 
what do you want me to do? If you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ. So this is, this is not always. Usually people are like me, born again without even knowing you are born again. It's like a normal birth. These are like strange, drastic births. Now yesterday, if you remember, for the first time when I was preaching, I said, Joanne, remember? Joanne. Is she Joanne or is she Joanna? She's Joanne, not Joanne. Yeah, Joanna, the brother Wesley's, no? So as soon as I finished, she came and said, um, later she came, Pastor James, Pastor James, when you were talking about salvation, I wasn't not listening to you. I was staring fixedly. I was thinking, so many people I have heard and read who had drastic salvation experiences. Why don't I have it? That's up to God. Some people have very powerful experiences. They are convicted of their sin. They weep through the whole night and they turn. No, some people are like that. Like delivery, there is normal delivery, there is extended delivery, there is C-section, there is forceps delivery. All kinds of delivery are there. But at the end of the day, the baby comes out. Now, forceps delivery is dangerous. That can cause this thing. They pull it out with the forceps. I've known kids who had mental issues or other issues because it went wrong. So delivery is there in all kinds of ways. Okay, But the simple point is that you need a second beginning. If you don't have a second beginning, you will have the first end. There is a first beginning and a first end for everything. Okay, Because of the nature of God, He is eternal or He is everlasting to everlasting. Everything He has breathed life into it is also everlasting. So the second death is not like what you are thinking of, cessation of something. Because you cannot cease, because God created you, God breathed. So they are put into the lake of fire to burn and to be tormented forever and ever and ever. That's a terrible thing. Because you can't die. You cannot end. Because when God breathed into you, you became, had the nature of God. So I do believe, I do believe, and I believe, I, I believe, my belief is right. Every animal and every tree, every other thing has an end. Because God didn't breathe into them. But the angelic realm which rebelled against God, and man that rebelled against God, Two beings which he created had the free will to choose and chose against him will go into the lake of fire. You won't see any animals there. They have a beginning and an end. Eternal end. Because he didn't breathe into them. But these two entities, because of the nature of God is everlasting to everlasting, second death is not a cessation of life. Second death is a lake of fire where he will burn and be tormented forever and ever and ever. That is why we lay our lives down for the sake of the gospel. Because we are not afraid of that, death. And we are trying to pull people out of fire, hellfire. Are you getting the picture? That is why it's, it's imperative. You should do well, you should study well, you should have a good career, but primarily I want to be a witness. That's why for once I put brother, young boy, our young man Jeff's testimony up on that day on the church. Because, I mean, 
think about it it's not easy to get first clear iit je he got it go mumbai iit he finished he was depressed he was very down because nothing was working for him and then he says he said i felt like a sickle in the valley of bones his spirit was dry and then he said he gets two invitations from harvard and stanford to do a phd with everything paid for two top universities in the world and he was he was stunned and he was thinking now the question is which do you choose and he says his profs who want him are calling him from there and they're offering him free passes to come and see the university and choose and go back and come back look at a kid who put god first this is what we are trying to tell you we are not trying to tell you to be lazy we are not trying to tell you not to study hard we are trying to tell you to put god first put god for look i mean we have a picture of a modern day daniel academically speaking okay so it is a very powerful testimony of a young man okay. so where did he go when he gets this where does he go he goes to the youth meeting and he wants to witness what god has done for him understand this and he was with us for many years and those that's a kid remember i prophesied over him i can remember that word that came when i brought this thing but i still remember when i taught about rehab you remember you won't remember this message okay long ago when i preached in rehab i was a kid just starting at school age i used to come in the shorts he was one of the few kids who came in the shorts i still remember when i finished he came down and he asked me pastor james when rehab hit those uh, spice over there under the flags and told them they went in another way wasn't she lying wasn't she lying and she is considered in the list of faith how do you reconcile these two was so he was a young kid still thinking these things Okay. So you need to understand. You need. That's why we need to know our God. We need to know our God. We need to have a second beginning. The soul of Tarsus had a second beginning. Christ not only created him in his mother's womb, that is his first beginning. Now he is born again of God. Second beginning, and that is important. All of us need that. So where is our first beginning when God breathed upon us? The powerful picture is there in Hebrew, uh, John chapter twenty and verse twenty-two. When he has said, "This is in the upper room on Resurrection Sunday night," he breathed on them and said to them, "Receive the Holy." He had told Nicodemus, "Unless you are born of water and the Spirit." you cannot see and enter the kingdom of god this is the beginning of man's second birth this is a first set of people 11 people after that on the day of pentecost the church is born first the leadership is born then the church is born that's the way it works like we talk about gtc but you cannot have gtc unless you have me right first god called me pulled me out kicked off me all the way rebellious fellow like jonah had to be swallowed and spat upon that was me how i refused to refused to pastor did everything except but then finally when i was obedient from after that the church came so he breathes upon the leadership he breathes upon the people you have a church born that's our second beginning that's our beginning that's where faith comes 
we believe what is faith means we believed in the work of jesus christ god's spirit came upon us we were born again when we were born again he became my alpha he became my alpha that's what um, hebrews 12 and verse 2 means hebrews 12 and verse 2 means yeah uh, two looking unto jesus who is that now read it differently read it in terms of revelation 18 looking unto jesus the alpha and the omega of our faith alpha and the omega of our faith now when we talk about faith go to second corinthians 57 and romans 117 we walk by faith and not by sight and romans 117 for in it in the gospel the righteousness of god is revealed from faith to faith as it is written the just shall live by faith so you have to you have to get this picture very clearly this is where the confusion lies when the bible uses term like this in second corinthians 57 here colossians uh, galatians 311 hebrews 1038 and all when it uses the word faith it is a way of life there are only two ways a man can live he can either live by sight or he can live by faith only two ways you can live so faith here is a way of life that way of life who is the a and the z jesus he is your alpha and the omega of that life he is the beginning and the end of that life on earth are we getting it that's the way that's what it means if you want to understand how to live that life that is a to z understanding christ is the way look unto jesus look at all the saints before us but look unto jesus who is the author and the finisher one he is the way he has shown you the way second he is the source of life he is the source of your power he is the beginning and the end so you can have god has your alpha and omega first birth and not have god as your alpha and omega the second birth second birth that is where you see the death of a believer different from the death of anybody else because he does not have a comforter in matthew 28 verse 20 okay lo what is that i am with you always even to the he says i am with you till the end of the age end of every generation till the end of the age he says i am with you why you're born a second time through me and i'm your alpha and omega alpha and omega now let's go to revelation 1 8 this is the first time in the book of revelation this is being mentioned i am the alpha and the omega the beginning and the end says the lord the almighty we read that right who is who was and who is to come in the earlier portion we read he says who was and who is and who is to come but here look at it who is who was and who is to come humanly speaking that is not how we will say we will say i was i am and i hope to be okay i was 
I am. I hope to be. I will be. Will say with very determination and all. Usually it doesn't work out. I hope to be is better. God also says if God wills about even about tomorrow I will go. He says if the Lord wills. Okay. But when God is saying, He is saying, "Who is?" First He says, "I am." Then He says, "Who is?" who was and who is to be why because this is who god is everlasting to everlasting he's eternal god he's telling to us in your yesterday in your today in your tomorrow because we are divided into three our past our present and our future i am that i am and always the same the eternal god so this term is used only with god this word either eternal or forever and ever or everlasting you read through your bible you will see these three terms keep coming look at psalm 41 and verse 13 41 and verse 13 41 13 13 40 41 13 blessed be the lord god of israel how from everlasting to everlasting you can't say beginning and end here's no beginning and end so to make us understand something and we also don't know that because we have never seen anything that is everlasting everything is caught in by that law of corruption decay but he is from everlasting to everlasting if you go to psalm 90 words 1 and 2 Okay, Psalm 90. Lord, you have been our dwelling place where? In all generations. That's why he calls you, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. And he is the same God. Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever you had formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. we need to understand more and more about the nature of our god meditate upon our god so that our faith will grow strong like i said your faith is only as strong as the object of your faith often our faith is in ourselves our faith is in our faith our faith is in our prayers i'm talking about christians our faith is in our knowledge of the bible not of the god of the bible our faith is in our fasting our faith ultimately we will realize it fails because our faith is not in the god of the bible not in the god who answers prayers the god who sees you in secret when you are fasting it is not in god that's why some people like one of the examples i gave you yesterday some people like david when every hand is against him everything has been burned everything has been lost is still able to encourage himself in god because his object of his faith was always right always right and therefore he alone does not crumble everyone crumbles under that calamity because these seasons we will go through you cannot escape this season you cannot 600000 people came through only two made out and if you look at these two people who made out their testimony in numbers 13 and 14 is but god but god but god even if you read second samuel 30 verse 6 is that they picked up and then it changes but david 
encouraged himself in our God. That is the point of coming. That's the point of listening. That's the point of reading the Bible, meditating upon the Bible, so that our faith in God, who is this God? From everlasting to everlasting. Everlasting to everlasting. Forever. We don't even understand. We cannot truly understand because we are all caught and like fixated by time. We worry about our fast. We worry about our today. We worry about our tomorrow. Because you are caught in time. You cannot escape this. But the only way you can escape it by faith and by looking at God. Everlasting to everlasting. We said, no, two things about God by which he swore to immutable things. One, God does not die. He has no beginning or an end. He is from everlasting to everlasting. Two, God never lies. What does it mean? Okay, now, now, because we keep lying and then repenting, we don't understand what does it mean. God does not lie. Go to Numbers 23, 19. Okay, it's through a terrible prophet called Balaam, but it is true. God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. Repent means to change your mind. Has he said, will he not do, or has he spoken, will he not make it good? The simple thing about this, the whole thing is that about God here is a simple in nutshell one thing that God never changes. Never changes. He's always the same. God cannot become better or worse. God, when you say God is from everlasting to everlasting, one, it is God about time. He's there forever. Second, his nature has never, ever changed. Has never, ever changed. Has never, ever changed. This is how your faith gets stronger and stronger. Because now the more you understand the nature of, no, like, no, when you see billboards all over billboards, you will see steel's advertisements and cement's advertisement. Two Both advertisement is based on strength. Masbute, you will see this fellow with muscles. Our TMT steel is like that. Because and they will tell you the how much carbon is there or whatever iron is there. This is stronger than that fellow steel. Okay. So how does your faith actually grow? That's what I said. Don't read your Bible without looking for God, without looking for Christ. He is, that's why the psalmist is David, is he, he is the strength of my life. He is my glory. He is the lifter of my head. He is my shepherd. It's a personal knowledge of this person. This person. Okay, and he's saying, you know, what it is, how God is from everlasting to everlasting, that not only he is pure, he is holy, he is righteous, he is love, all that, all his nature, you look at, he never changes. He never changes. He never changes. He never changes. Okay? Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, forever. If you go to Exodus chapter 3, 13 and 14, finally, reluctantly, Moses is starting to change his mind. Then he throws a question at God. Okay, you are telling me to go to Egypt. Tell the people, no. Indeed, when I come to the children of Israel and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you, they say to me, what is your name? What shall I say to them? And God says, I am who I am. Okay. 
This is I am that I am, not I was. I. He says, you see, when I say I was and I am, that means I was something before, which is true. About all of us, I was something before, I am something now. From yesterday to today, the number of hair has come down. Okay? Everything, nobody living or dead is able to say, I am that I am. Because I was, <laughs> I was, I am, better or worse. No, That's why in marriage also, what do we say for better or worse? Riches or poverty, because no guarantee. No guarantee. Sickness or health. What guarantee is there? Has you ever, we have conducted so many weddings, neither a bridegroom nor bride has objected and says, I don't like it, say that I am that I am. Nobody has said that. But there is one who says, I am that I am. I don't change. I'm from everlasting to everlasting, I am. So when that, that one words where God is introducing himself and introducing his son who is the exact replica about the father in whom the fullness of God dwelt, we need to understand this is what I said. Because God's word has both the eternal nature and the death of God. Okay, Though words in itself cannot contain God. Somehow, when words or letters or word or language is tried to use to describe God, it takes the nature of Him. Okay? So that one words, this one words we can go on understanding and preaching for days together because of who it is talking about. Who is He? I am that I am. In Malachi 3, 6, this is what God says. And Hebrews 13, 8, this is what God says about His Son. I am the Lord. I do not change. I do not change. He says, I am the same. I never change. I am the God. I never change. Hebrews 13, 8. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and not just tomorrow, forever. So Christ is brought into the picture. The same as God. Christ never changes. Never changes yesterday, today, and forever. What is the our problem, our problem is exactly all our problems are dealt only when we understand the nature of God. Because what is my problem yesterday? What is my problem today? What is my problem tomorrow? All three are problems. Hmm? Why are older people so religious? It's got nothing to do with today. It's got to do with yesterday. How to handle, and they're worried about tomorrow. Hmm? Why are young children so, young people so bindas? Because they don't worry about yesterday. They don't think about tomorrow. They're living for today. But as things start falling apart, they will start looking and say, because yesterday. Now they're worried about tomorrow. You can't escape this. You can't escape this. Then at the end of it, this terrible line called Hebrews 9.27. It is appointed for men to die. And after that, this judgment. And the nature of judgment also is just like God. What is it called? Eternal judgment. If you are with God, Forever and ever. If you are in the lake of fire, forever and ever. No escape. 
See, everything God does takes his nature. If it is with him forever and ever. At his right hand, there are forevermore. <laughs> it doesn't end. Forevermore. Everything about God takes its own nature. Takes its own nature. So what do we do? Lord, how can I handle? How can I handle? Lord, how? how? Go to Micah. Okay, it's interesting. Two verses in Micah chapter 7. This is first. See, you cannot handle your today and tomorrow unless you have handled your yesterday. If you don't handle your yesterday, you cannot handle your today and tomorrow. A lot of people struggle because they haven't handled their yesterdays. Okay, let us go to Micah. Mark it, 18 and 19. Mark it, mark it in your Bible. Because remember, long ago I preached a message which was called, which went viral, actually started churches over that words, born from above and sin, iniquity, transgression, started a movement. Okay? Who is a God like you? Pardoning iniquity. Passing over the transgression of the remnant of his heritage. He does not retain his anger forever. Because he delights in mercy. He will again have compassion on us. Will subdue our iniquities. You will cast all our sins into the depths of the sea. What a verse. What two verses to deal with your past. Okay. First is a question. Who is a God like you? We should sing like that song. Who is like the Lord? There is no one. Now we talk about his power and might know that. There is nobody like you because no God has the power to pardon iniquity and pass over transgression and take your sins and put it into the depths of the sea. We are controlled, our lives are controlled by three things. Sin, iniquity, and transgression. These three things. That's our past. Sometimes our present. And it messes up our future. Messes up our future. And there is this God. Who is like this God? Who is like you? So we don't go to 18, we go to 19 first. Because before we go, we have to go to sin. What does he do with sin? What does he do? He casts all, every time you truly repent and confess, he takes it for us to understand the depths of the sea. You need to understand, as far as I understand, no human vessel has reached the bottom of the sea. They have taken sonograms or sonographs or whatever and all is miles and miles. You can take the whole Everest and put in there, it will sink into the bottom of the sea. There are, there are places that deep, okay? We have discovered it only modern days, but God knew it and He says, that is how I will take your sin and put it into the depths of the sea. Okay? Depths of the sea. Okay? Why does He do that? Verse 18, why does he do that? Okay, Because he delights in mercy. So you need to always remember, Lord, when you are confirming me to the image of your son, because of what your son does, you are able to show mercy and delight in mercy. Make me a merciful person. I do want to delight in mercy. Not judgment, delight in mercy. 
we understand the nature of god we should ask our prayers make me like you lord make me like you lord make me like you lord he delights in his okay one thing look at that he is a forever god he is a for but he doesn't retain his anger forever isn't it good isn't it okay isn't it good it is awesome i'm telling you it is awesome and then is that not enough words 18 is important he pardons iniquity passes over transgression 819 what does he do you see i have sinned you have sinned we have sinned we repent we confess he takes it boom goes it sinks it won't rise because he is thrown it it sinks don't come up but the problem is in us there is iniquity iniquity is that old nature that empowers sin what does he do to iniquity he will subdue our iniquities he will give us his power he will empower us to subdue our iniquities once you switched off it doesn't light now i didn't get over then and remove the tube all i have to do is switch off this is the electricity that empowers is to shine but when i switched off here it comes when i switch it on here it comes on iniquity is what empowers that's what it means i was born in sin shaped in iniquity and what does it do iniquity is there it's hidden the wilderness reveals it it starts manifesting The wilderness is the platform where it is revealed. The children of Israel were groaning and crying and groaning and crying. They never knew they were a set of ungrateful rebels. What showed it? The wilderness showed it. But God never changed. So he was a merciful God because he delights in mercy. Because they did one thing, one thing alone. one thing alone they did what they put that blood of their passover lamb and they came out god passed over their transgression put their sin into the sea and he was trying to help them to subdue their iniquity but only to past iniquity empowered them and caused them to wander and wander and wander and die to pass but as like i said don't feel discouraged about this wilderness journey because in their group there was another generation which rose up led by joshua question in the question to be asked is this joshua's battalion let's call it battalion how many were there we don't know let us say 1 million instead of 600 1 million do you know joshua lost only one by sin akan and didn't lose anybody 36 collateral damage because of that man sin joshua lost only one moses lost 5 lakh 99998 got only two joshua lost only one this is why we are preaching about the elisha generation that will rise they will know who their god is So don't look at Moses and say who can come out of the wilderness God says did you see the second generation only one was lost by sin only one was lost because of his stupidity his sin and Joshua's stupidity that he didn't enquire of the Lord 36 others died but they did not die in sin they died in battle This is how you need to get your faith 
Don't look at Moses and say in the wilderness only two made it. Look at the next generation. They too came out of the wilderness. How did they come in the wilderness? They are a picture of Jesus. The picture of not the lamb that was slain, but the overcomers, the lion of Judah, who came out of the wilderness, how? In the power of the Holy Spirit. They came out. They did not love their lives even unto death. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb, by the word of their testimony. And if you listen to their words, you will see their words are very powerful, starting with Joshua and Caleb. Onwards to the entire generation says, as one man, we are with you, Joshua. Anyone disobeys you, tell us, we will finish him off. Only one thing we ask you, as Moses was with God, we pray you will be with God. Nothing else. Solid, one single-minded people. That's what God is talking about. What he is able to do, we need to know our God. You cannot have faith without knowing. You can have no faith by knowing your whole Bible. The Pharisees knew their Bible by heart, had no faith. You need to know the God of your Bible. You need to know him, his nature, his character. Who is he? Now we preached for almost one hour, uh, one and a half hours or two hours. And we are just touching about one line in the Bible about God. One line in the Bible, who is he? One line, just one line we are looking at. Who is this God? And you know, the awesome factor about this God. And they came to Jesus and teach us to pray. Jesus said, this is how you need to pray. Our? Who is this God? Who is this God? He is my Father. He is my Father. Okay. So this is what God is talking about. He will take your sin, throw it in, pass by your transgression, pardon your iniquity, and Give you the power, he will subdue your iniquity. This is Romans chapter 5, 1 and 2. Micah 7, 18 and 19 is translated in the new covenant in Romans 5, 1 and 2. Therefore, having been justified by faith. What is justified? Just as if we never sinned, the new nature. We have peace with God. As we look back, what do you say? Peace peace with God. Through whom also we have access by faith. When you come to today, where are we standing? In the grace of God that empowers us. And when we stand and we look into tomorrow, what do we see? We rejoice in hope. Hope is always connected with tomorrow. So you have, Mahesh, you have yesterday, peace. Today, grace. Tomorrow, hope, joy. Hope of joy. So this is the nutshell of a believer's life. Who does it? Our God does it. Our God does it. Okay, This is what God does. This is what the Bible is talking about. Looking unto Jesus, the Alpha and the Omega of our faith. And Philippians 1.6, Alpha and Omega. Being confident of this very thing, he who has begun a, the good work in you, will be able to take you to Omega until the day of Jesus Christ. Right? He who has begun, I am the Alpha. 
will complete it until the day of the day of Jesus Christ in your life when you stand before it he will finish it he is the alpha and the omega the beginning and the end okay the beginning and the end so you know what jesus says let me go to another verse revelation and then we will pray revelation chapter 1 17 and 19 17 and 19 revelation 1:17-19 but when i saw him this is jesus okay this is not the father this is jesus i fell at his feet as dead but he laid on his his right hand on me and said to me do not be do not be afraid why i am the first and the last now another term is used alpha omega beginning end first and last write these things which you have okay i am the alpha yeah yeah uh no no it's uh, 17 and 18 yeah i saw him i fell at his feet as a dead he laid his right hand on me do not be afraid i am the first and the i am he who but unlike god the son says i was dead I was dead. I am alive. He who lives and I am alive forevermore. And that is important to us. It's important to us that is alive forever. Why? Because the Bible says we have a high priest who lives for ever, who intercedes for us forever. And amen. I have the keys of what? It is out of death. Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last do you see what he's talking about here how we handle because man's greatest fear is always the end <laughs> okay like children sitting over join college first weekly test nobody is very much bothered monthly less slightly bothered quarterly a little more but when final starts palpitation starts finals is your death and jesus says i am the first and the last I am who loves and you know your death you're all afraid of death I was dead I was dead now I live for evermore so standing near the grave he tells Martha do you believe this do you believe this I am the resurrection and the life anyone believes in me that's Hebrew uh, John 11 23 24 25 Okay, powerful. This is the, this is what Christ has done for us who are destined to end. I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. What Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. So Khalifa is not dead. He's alive. For us he's dead. Alive. Okay? He's alive. And verse 26. he may die and the question whoever lives and believes in me shall never proof what is the proof revelation 118 i was dead now i am alive forevermore i was dead what's the proof if i die i will live forevermore proof is me this is i am the proof i was dead and i am alive forever so look at what 
God is trying to tell us here in that one word. He's saying, I'm the Alpha, I'm the Omega, I'm the beginning, I'm the end, I'm the first, I am the last. Therefore, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. And for children sitting over there, he's eternal. Go back to read. Once again, we'll read Revelation 1.8 and we will have Peter and we will pray. I am he who lives, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord, who is, who was, and who is to come, the Almighty, the Almighty, eternal God. Everything about him is eternal. So, Joanne and Amman, Psalm 103, verse 17. Psalm 117, verse 2. Habakkuk 3, 6. And Psalm 108, 19, verse 89. You will see, when he loves you, he loves you forever and ever. When you talk about his mercy or his faithfulness, it is forever and ever and ever. His truth is forever and ever. His ways are forever and ever. And his word is settled forever and ever. And when he judges, his judgment is also set for ever and ever. So Paul being very balanced wants a church in Romans 11.22. He wants us in Romans 11.22. What is that? Both sides. Therefore consider the goodness and the severity of God. Both are forever and ever. For those who are his, he'll be good to you forever and ever. Those who rejected him, rebelled, they will burn in the lake of fire forever and ever. That is God's nature. He does not change. Okay? But for who of us were blessed to receive freely the gift of salvation, we don't realize. In eternity we will realize that one day, that one moment, Remember that uh, uh, that hymn, the moment I believed. Which one is that? Amazing Grace? No. That moment, that moment, you will realize back in your entire life. You no, know, we have these great moments. Mothers put their babies' pictures, moments and all. You will realize in eternity, your life or not, your greatest moment was the moment you believed. The moment you believed, you entered forever into the mercies of God. And he loves you with an everlasting love. That was the greatest because of who he is. He's eternal. He never changes. That's why he says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Amen. Let's have Peter. I hope all of you around the world encouraged, pumped up. Yes. We cannot escape grief as long as we are in this body. But he also has anointed us with the oil of gladness. So meditate on God. Not just the word. Meditate on God. Whirling, you are worthy.
author and the finisher of our fate. John 14, verse 2, verse 1, Jesus said, Believe in God. Believe also in me. That's faith. Faith is in a person. Now we have that song which we sing, no? Kings and kingdoms will pass away. The greatest nation in the ancient world, the first greatest empire in the ancient world, was Egypt. An old 80-year-old man lifted his hand and brought it down. The nation was gone. Then comes Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar. Rose and went. Came Medo-Persia. Came and went. Came like the leopard, literally described like the leopard Alexander. Greece. Came till India. Came and went. Then came the Iron Empire the Romans for hundreds of years. It was called in English Pax Romana. The Iron Empire came and went. Finally, we are living in the last days of iron and clay. The Bible talks about that kingdom like the rock that will come, come and crush it 
and his kingdom forever everlasting kingdom okay otherwise we'll we'll go when these things happen you know what we will we will drown in it we'll sink in our problems we sink in our trials okay unless our faith is in god okay so what what we build matters what we build matters because one we build it because of what god has said our faith go to go to uh, hebrews chapter 11 and uh, verse 4 verse 4 11 4 uh, 5 yeah and uh, now go to sorry by faith noah being divinely warned of things not yet seen moved with godly fear prepared an ark for the saving of the household okay what did he make but how did he build it by faith what was his faith in god and what he had said when everything was contrary he built something but when god said came to happen that was the only object on planet earth which kept on going up while everything else sank everything else sank at the end there was only one thing float the ark and dead bodies the ark and the dead bodies everything else sank so kings and kingdoms will pass away it will pass away but his kingdom is a everlasting kingdom so we need to ask ourselves this morning yesterday we celebrated our anniversary so technically starting a new year of the church 16th year what are we building our lives on Okay, and Jesus talks about God Himself, and then He says, "The kingdom, because His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom." And He says, "If I am your Alpha in your second beginning, you will see, and you will enter into that everlasting kingdom. It's a forever kingdom, but you have to be born again. And once you enter into that kingdom, then our focus should be." seek ye first that kingdom and his righteousness and we should be growing in faith so that when we come at god's appointed season time out of the wilderness how do we come out the power of the holy spirit we don't come we don't die and wander and die in the wilderness we come out in the power of god we shall pray father this morning once again lord thank you for khalifa's life I remember father years and years ago years and years ago when he first wrote to me thank you lord I can remember this long ago over 10 to 12 years ago thank you lord thank you. when he saw if i'm right larry or dishan in that hospital on their knees the door was open he saw him praying yes yes thank you lord and he went and asked him dude what is this and they witnessed to him gave him sin iniquity transgression yes lord and that young man has powerful salvation experience yes thank you filled with the spirit thank you lord and everything after that was christ's history in him thank you lord but yesterday thank you thank you jesus you became his omega on earth but he is in that everlasting kingdom yes 
forever and ever. The keys of Hades and death is in your hands. Yes, Lord. You were once dead, but you are alive forevermore. So is Khalifa. So I pray today that comfort, that comfort to the church in Thessalonians, those who are alive. You said comfort one another with these words. Those who are dead in Christ will rise and then us who are alive. Comfort. Resurrection was the word of comfort. That anyone who believes in Christ, even if he dies, he lives forever. He will never die again. For the second death has passed over him and her. We want to thank you, Father. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Father. That you took our sin and he cast it into the depths of the deepest part of the sea. You passed by our transgression. And forgave us our iniquities. Now you are here each day willing to give us the power to subdue that iniquities in us. That we sin no more. We thank you. We just thank you. We just thank you. We just thank you, Lord. Help us to lift our eyes, our hearts and minds, and think on things that are above, that are eternal. For as your servant said 2,000 years ago, the things that we see are temporal. The things that we do not see are eternal. So, Father, I pray, all your servants out there today, from A's to RG, each one, let them put their faith in God, not in their influence, not in the crowds, the numbers, the poll numbers, not in their legal experience, because all these things can fail. The most popular leaders also have lost. The best legal minds also have been defeated in the courtroom. Money has failed. The richest man in the world once, the Nizam of Hyderabad, his body had to be brought from Iran to be buried in India. Everything has failed. But God never fails. Therefore I pray, each one of these brethren will learn each day to put all their faith in God alone. For God never fails. To love God with all their heart, all of us. For that love never fails. For God never fails. Commit them, Lord, as they fight and as they go through the storm each day. Prayer and MQ. Cherian all our churches, especially the church, Khalifa's church. And the brother who has taken over from him, all of them. Let them put even more faith today. The God of resurrection. As David said when his son died, I know he will not come back to me. I know I will go to him. That's why in Christ we have been birthed in us the living hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. 
touch everyone today. Touch the dear ones, Lord. Touch Benny. Touch Lynn. Touch Uncle Marshall. Touch Kirk. Touch the doctor. Touch Conan. Touch Lynn's household. Let them know it's worth fighting for a cause that is eternal. Because people are wasting their lives on temporal causes. Which merits nothing in eternity. But our cause is eternal. For we serve a king whose kingdom is forever and ever. Touch them Lord. Many, many who bear that marks on their body. Scars on their souls. Let them not get angry. Let them not get discouraged. Clement's family, Lord, they lost their son. They are grieving. It is not easy, Lord, to lose young ones. That young man, 27-year-old, Chuck's brother, Khalifa, young man, it's not easy. But Lord, death is not an end for your children. It is just an absolutely new, everlasting beginning. Touch them, Lord. Touch them. Let no one be upset. No, let no one grieve without hope. That's the grief of the world which leads to death. Let no one get angry with God. If they are angry, let them be angry at the devil and resist him. Touch. Touch. Touch, Lord. Touch. Let no one get bitter through these experiences. But come out better, Lord, in the Lord. More kind, more gentle, more merciful. Because our God, our Father, delights in mercy. Have mercy on these wicked ones who planned and plotted out these things. Jesus. Because they truly do not know what they are doing. Jesus. They are tormented day and night, Lord. Jesus. They do not know. They have been lied and deceived by the devil. They do not know the torment these ones experience every day is just a picture of the torment they will experience in the lake of fire forever. And there is no way out except now if they repent and call upon the name of Jesus. And I pray, Lord, all of them, all of them, Cry out to Jesus. Chuck and Schumer and Kamala and Bio. All these ones. All these ones. All their ones. Only if they would know where they are going. Jesus. They would fall on their knees and cry out for mercy. There is no, there is no board in the lake of fire written exit. There is only one door says entry. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Nobody goes there. They are cast into there. Your will, your will has no power on that day. Your will has no power. You'll be cast. The beast, 
the false prophet you listen to you worship satan himself everyone whose name is not in the lamb's book of life god says will be cast into that lake of fire where you will be tormented forever where the fire never goes out the worms don't die no one need to go there for god loved the whole world and gave his son for the whole world believe in the son today for it is written he who has the son has life and it doesn't matter how high and how powerful you may be in the world he who does not have the son does not have life he who rejects the son the wrath of god abides in him today is your day as god says today if you hear his voice do not harden your heart turn 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 oh son of man why will you die turn today fall on your knees lift up your hands towards heaven and say lord have mercy 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 even that thief on that cross and he cried out to jesus lord remember me jesus had mercy go oh, that's who he is that's who he is God who delights in mercy somebody out there it's not by accident you tuned in today is your day today is your day to receive mercy today is the day to believe in the name of Jesus i'm saying it very clearly to you you are catholic i said jesus not mary i said jesus not any of these saints you cannot believe in jesus and somebody else there is only one name only one person who died for our sins on the cross there's only one name given under the heavens the name of jesus believe in the lord jesus christ today as jesus as paul told the jailer believe in the lord jesus christ and you and your household shall be saved you're a catholic and you believe in so many names i'm telling you you are not saved only one name love the others Many of them are part of the cloud of saints who encourage us but there is no salvation in any one of them there is salvation only in Jesus today today turn to Jesus repent cry out upon the name of Jesus what you receive is the gift of eternal life the spirit of god as jesus said will be in you and with you forever no one else can save you no one else no one else thank you lord thank you that's the testimony khalifa has left behind for one day he believed in jesus thank you lord thank you today he lives forever more thank you lord thank you jesus forever more thank you father for eternal life never to die again Forever and ever and ever and ever.